I'm not going to rotate my phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it corrected itself, thank goodness. All right. No, I'm good. Thank you. All right. So tonight we are going to continue on effortless living. This is number 18, by the way. And I want to talk about something that I have probably written four or maybe five posts on. So, and every time I wrote the post, it was a little bit, came out a little bit differently. So what I want to share tonight is one plus one equals one. The one plus one equals one factor. You see, in Father's kingdom, one plus one equals one. In man's kingdom, one plus one equals two, right? So if you recall, when we talked about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, I stated that the word Spirit is capitalized in the King James Version, and it sounds like it's the fruit of the Spirit in and of itself. And then other translators took off on the capital S, word spirit, and they added the word holy to it. So then they said that the fruit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but it's neither. Now, certainly it comes from within where we are joined to the Lord, capital S, and we're one spirit. But I want to take you through the scriptures where when you come to the word spirit and it's not capitalized, what does that mean? Now, let me just say this. This is not really going to enhance you spiritually. It's not going to make you live your spiritual life any differently. Not going to make you more righteous. Not going to make you more holy. But if you are a Bible scholar and you study the scriptures, you see the word spirit in some places is capital S, while in other places it's a lowercase s. Well, what's up with that? How are we supposed to decipher that? So if we are a Bible student, then it's important for us to be able to know the difference. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about when you see the word spirit, and it's capitalized, what does that mean? Or when you see the word spirit, and it's a lowercase s, what does that refer to? Because in the New Testament, in the original Everything was in all caps. Imagine that. Imagine having to transcribe the New Testament. Imagine the translators having to go into the scriptures and seeing every word capitalized, seeing no quotation marks, no indentations where different paragraphs started, No chapters and verses. Imagine having to decipher that. So that's what we're going to be talking about. I want to show you what is the difference between seeing the word spirit capitalized and then not capitalized. Some of you already know because you read my posts and reposted them. So thank you for that. But I'm going to add a dimension tonight and we're going to look at scripture. So the first scripture I want us to look at has both phrases, the flesh and the spirit in, lowercase. So in Matthew, let's look at this first one, in Matthew 26, verse 11. Matthew 26, verse 11, 
uses both the flesh, two words, the flesh, and the spirit, two words. And we're going to see here that in the King James Version, spirit is lowercase, and it should have been capitalized with an uppercase S. Well, what's up with that? And let me just tell you, there is a difference. There is a difference for us to come to understand. And if you're a Bible scholar and you like studying the scriptures, you're going to like what I'm going to share tonight because it's going to help you to see the difference. Why capital S on spirit? Why lowercase on spirit sometimes? Well, look what it says in Matthew 26, verse 41. It says, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. And notice the next two words, the spirit indeed is willing. Is yours capital S there or lower? It's lower. Shouldn't be, but it is. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit, and that's the joined spirit, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We're going to look at that too. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So notice there, the two words, the spirit again, is lowercase. However, it should have been capitalized. Why? Because we, our spirit and God's spirit, are one and the same. There's no difference. There was a, there's always been, sometimes I almost say there was a merging that took place. But no, there was, they were always merged together. When we were in God from before the foundation, our spirit was his spirit, his spirit was our spirit. We were in pure spirit form. Now remember, imagine these translators having to decipher this. Here we have capital S on spirit, then we have a lowercase s. What are we supposed to do with this? The only thing they could do was look at the context of what they're talking about and then decide if they should keep it a capital S as spirit was all the way through the New Testament or give it a, a lowercase s. So when they saw this word spirit capitalized, they had to figure out, okay, is this talking about our joined spirit? Now notice what it says there, the spirit indeed is willing. What spirit is willing? If our spirit was apart from the Father and wasn't one spirit merged into one and always were one, it would never be willing. There'd be sometimes it wouldn't be willing, and there'd be sometimes, well, it would be willing. Well, it should have been capitalized here. Now let's look at another in 1 Corinthians 6, 16 and 17. Turn my phone. What is it sideways? Is it sideways again? Okay, let me turn my phone. I'm sorry, let me interrupt you. Okay, there we are. Are we okay now? Even though we're vertical? Okay. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Are we better? Okay, I don't know why I wanted to rotate there, but for some silly reason it did. So, another one is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 16 and 17. Now, let's see what comprises the flesh here and the spirit lowercase s. So look what it says in verse 16. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? But he's making a point here. You know, he's not saying don't go out looking for a harlot to join up with. That's not what he's saying. The next verse is the point, okay? Verse 17 is the point. So what know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body, 
He's talking spiritual because you have to take verses 16 and 17 together. So what he's saying here is if a person hooks up with a harlot, a man hooks up with a harlot, they become one body. But that's not his point. He's not saying don't hook up with a harlot, although you don't want to hook up with a harlot as a man. But his point that he's making is in verse 17, which states, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Now, is it a lowercase s in your Bible? Oh, there again, it should have been an uppercase because he's referring to our spirit that is one and has always been one with God's spirit. So you can see the dilemma that these translators had in trying to decipher, should I leave it as a capital S or should I make it a lowercase s? Now, let me, let me give you another and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 or 1 Corinthians chapter, well, let's go back to Galatians chapter 5. Go back to Galatians chapter 5 quickly. And then we'll go to Matthew 26 again, and I'll quote that. We won't turn there, but I'll quote that. But in Galatians chapter 5, what does it say about the fruit of the Spirit? It says, what does it say? Someone quote that to me at the beginning of chapter 5, 22. What does it say? But, okay, the is and it goes on and lists the offspring of the one fruit of love now in your bible is spirit capitalized absolutely shouldn't be shouldn't be because it's not the fruit holy spirit's not making you bear fruit it's as we join masculine and feminine together that we bear fruit as we participate right and join bring our Christ mind seeds into our feminine principle, then effortlessly we're going to bear fruit. But we do that. So it should be lowercase s, the spirit. And you're going to see why in just a little bit. Now, the one we read in Matthew 26, 41, as I said, should be capitalized, but isn't because it's referring to, it is referring to Holy Spirit joined to God's Spirit. They're one and the same. No difference. It's that part of us that is willing. It's the flesh that is weak at times when we haven't joined masculine and feminine. So 1 Corinthians 6, 16 and 17 again, especially verse 17, it should be but wasn't capitalized in the King James Version. Now, let's, let's look at this in accordance to giving outward expression to what is true of us inwardly. Because when we see the two phrases, the flesh and the spirit, we've got to understand they both represent something very, very important. For example, did you know that Noah Webster's first dictionaries, the dictionary definitions that he gave were based on the scriptures? So in the older Noah Webster's dictionary, he defined the spirit, and listen to what he said. He said the spirit, lowercase s, has to do with expression, has to do with manifestation, and he used a word I don't use often, it's reflection. So lowercase spirit, the spirit, has to do with what we manifest, Therefore, you can easily see why it's not the fruit of uppercase spirit, 
It's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit making us naturally comes from the invisible, but upon our participation of joining masculine and feminine together, then we naturally, organically, and effortlessly manifest the fruit of agape love, which is peace, joy, and all those others that you see listed in Galatians chapter 6. Now, go to Romans chapter 8. Let's look at another example. Romans chapter 8. And keep in mind that the definition of those two words, the spirit in lower case, has to do with what you create, what you manifest, what you express. And you see this all the way through the scripture once you see that. Because listen, God's not making us do anything. Right. Holy Spirit is not making us. Right. He de- Holy Spirit is not forging us right. to bear fruit. But it's as we cooperate, as we participate and join masculine and feminine together, yield the senses of the flesh, yield the senses, the emotions, the intellect, the reason, the logic. As we yield, and that's the key, as we yield those things unto our Christ mind, then effortlessly fruit will be born and it's called the manifestation of the spirit, lowercase. Romans 8, look at Romans 8, verses 14 and 16. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 and 16. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now notice the word spirit in caps there. It refers to, in verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. It's in caps, and it should be. However, in verse 14, it should be capitalized in verse 14. However, in verse 16, our spirit, notice, is not in caps, but it should be because our one spirit is one with God's spirit. So here's an example, verse 16, where it says our spirit, it's not in caps in the King James, but it should be because it's talking about our spirit being merged and joined with the Holy Spirit. Now look at another, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. Notice what it says here. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11 It states, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, and this man is man who's in his breath, breath, uh, man whose breath is in his nostrils, okay? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, man whose breath is in his nostrils, carnal, a carnal thinking man, okay? but the Spirit of God. So in this verse, the phrase, the Spirit of man, should be capitalized, and it's not. Okay? Because the Spirit of man is what? One with the Spirit of God. There's no separation whatsoever. And then where it goes on to say, even so the things of God knoweth no man, that's talking about man in his carnal thoughts. Man whose breath is in his nostrils that is living in that dimension and in that realm. So... My whole point then in bringing these things out is for us to see what is it talking about when it talks about the flesh? What is it talking about when it talks about the spirit, lowercase? And what we can see is one plus one 
equals one. Now, take, for example, a husband and a wife. They have a child. You have one, which is the husband, another, which is the wife, and you have a totally different one. Yes, they have the same traits as the mother and the father, but you produce another one. So one plus one getting together produces what? Or bears or births what? One. One plus one equals one. The father's one entity, the mother's another entity, and the child is yet another entity. So one plus one equals one. Now this will make more sense spiritually once we get down to when I talk about the chart that I have up here. Now, let's give another example. When two roads merge together, for example, Route 62 and Route 67, they were literal roads that merged together. So the two became what? No longer 67, no longer 62, but they merged and they became one highway or two roads merged into one. Again, one plus one equals one. Another example, if I brought from Fort Wayne half a glass of water and we went back into the restroom back there and put another half of glass of water into the half of glass of water that I brought from Fort Wayne, we'd have Fort Wayne water and Portland water. But what is it now? You're not going to say, well, this is Fort Wayne water and, well, I can see the line of demarcation here. This is Portland water. No, it's just water. Fort Portland? <laughs> no, it's one. It's water from Fort Wayne, it's water from Portland, and it's just one. Same way with the tea bag. You put a tea bag in hot water, you got the tea bag, you got the hot water, and it makes something else, it makes tea. You can't tell where the water starts and the tea bag ends, or the tea bag starts and the water ends. It's it's all one. Another example, you take the right amount of hydrogen, the right amount of oxygen, you mix them together, and you have water. So is the water hydrogen, or is the water oxygen, or is it just water? Well, it's just water. So you see, one plus one equals one, even in the natural in some cases. But especially in the kingdom of God, one plus one equals one. Now, we looked at Galatians chapter 5.22 where it refers to the fruit of the Spirit. And again, as I said, that word S, fruit of the Spirit, is capitalized and it should not be. And as I said, some people then went off, some translators went off and they added holy to it since it was capitalized in the King James Version and they made it the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is the fruit of your joined spirit. And when we really begin to understand that the words the Spirit, lowercase s, refer to what we manifest, what we create, if you want to call it that, what we express, then you get the Spirit, lowercase Spirit. Because the Spirit is that which you and I cause to manifest outwardly. Let's say, for example, you have an illness in your body, And you believe that the Father is your health as you. And it comes from the invisible realm. You brought mind of Christ, masculine and feminine together into one. And all of a sudden, that health, which you've always had, which has always been yours, manifests. Now listen, it appears as physical, but it's spirit. Money, let's say you're broke as a goose. And you believe you join masculine and feminine together. And you believe that 
Jesus became poor that we might be made rich, what happens? Is the money physical? It appears physical, but it's spiritual. Or it is spirit. It is the spirit. Isn't that good? Now, you'll understand. You'll never look at this uh, the same again. Now, on the chart here, our one spirit. I have our one spirit here. This is the spirit. You have the masculine. You have the feminine. And I'm going to use the word soul since a lot of people are familiar with the word soul, although I use heart awareness. When the soul gets together with the Christ mind, spirit plus soul equals manifestation or the spirit, lowercase s. When you get now, let's say you get your soul or your heart awareness in cahoots with your body, the five senses or the emotions, because you know that your five senses are connected to your body and they flow to your brain. So when you get your soul or your womb or your heart awareness in cahoots with the senses of the physical body, what's going to happen? You're going to manifest something and it's going to be the flesh. The flesh. Isn't that interesting? Now go back to Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. Paul says something very interesting. In other words, one is our spirit joined into the Lord The other is our heart awareness or our womb, our feminine principle. You get those two together, what it's going to create or produce or express is the spirit, lowercase s. Again, you get the soul. It leaves the Christ mind over here, the masculine. You get it in cahoots with the senses of the physical body. What you're going to have is the expression of the flesh. See, Paul even used that in Galatians when he talked about people that were under the law one time, then came to Christ, and they wanted to perfect themselves through the law. He called it the flesh because it was an expression, an outward expression of the flesh. Now, Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. Notice what it says here. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh... Notice it didn't say body. I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Okay? He did not say in my body. There's a different Greek word for flesh and body. Because body is soma and flesh is sarx in the Greek. So what is he saying here? For I know that in me, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. What is he saying? He's simply saying it's never good when my heart awareness is in cahoots with the senses that are connected to my body and flow to my brain. It's just me in cahoots with my brain when I think about something. Okay? So that's what he's saying there. It's never good when our one spirit and our heart awareness is joined to the external, the senses, Now, nothing wrong with the body, but he goes on to say again, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. In other words, when I'm in cahoots with the external rather than the internal of the Christ mind, like up here, then I know that cannot produce or create anything that's of any value. Now, why did not, why did he not say, For I know that in me, in my body, 
because there's nothing wrong with the body in and of itself. In fact, Paul the Apostle himself said in 2 Thessalonians 5.23, in the classical Amplified, he said that our bodies are sanctified through and through. Nothing wrong with the body, but when you get your heart awareness or your feminine in cahoots with the senses of the body, that's the flesh. That's the flesh. So Romans chapter 8 shows us the differentiation that we can find. In Romans chapter 8, you're just a page away, 5 through 8, it shows us that there's absolutely nothing wrong with our bodies in and of themselves, but to be led by our bodily senses creates the flesh. And Paul said, I know there's no good thing that is in my flesh. There's no good thing. It can never come out good when your feminine principle is in cahoots with the external senses, or I could say emotions, or take it a little further, the intellect, the reason, the logic. We have to be in cahoots with the logos of the word, that logic. And when we're in cahoots, when our soul, heart awareness, is in cahoots with the logos of the word, the logic of the mind of Christ, then everything is going to work out good. And this is why 2 Corinthians chapter 5 talks about uh, the fact that to be absent from the body, what is he talking about? Not just the body in and of itself. To be absent from the body, the senses of the body, which produce the flesh, see? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When I'm absent from drawing from my five senses that are connected to my body and flow to my brain, then I am in the presence, I am in the presence of the Lord, the manifest conscious presence of the Lord. Now, go back to Romans chapter 8. This isn't going to be very long tonight because it's pretty easy to make my point. (laughs) Romans chapter 8, when you're talking about the flesh, you're talking about what? Your feminine part in cahoots with the body or the sense, not just the body in and of itself, nothing wrong with the body in and of itself, but in cahoots with the senses of the body or the emotions of the body. And there's nothing wrong with emotions. God gave us them. Nothing wrong with our body. God gave us a body. Nothing wrong with our senses. God gave us the senses, but not to lead us or govern us. They have to be yielded. They have to be yielded to the Christ mind. Now, Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. Notice what it says here. Romans 8, verses 5 through 8. For they that are after the flesh do mind or focus on the things of the flesh. Like the senses. Again, nothing wrong with the body, but when you allow the senses of the body to rule, something's wrong with that. So for they that are after the flesh do focus or they mind. They mind or they focus on what their senses are telling them. They mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit or focus on the things of the spirit, having the feminine in cahoots with the Christ mind, that's minding the things of the spirit, Then he goes on to say in verse 6, for to be carnally minded or mindful, to focus on carnality, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Listen to this, verse 7, because the carnal mind, or carnal mindfulness is what it should say, because we don't have a carnal mind, is enmity against God. Now, God doesn't have any enemies. So it's talking about in us. Okay, in us. To be carnally mindful is an enemy against the flow of the Spirit in you. 
right? <clears throat> For it is not subject to the law of God. As long as you're joining your feminine principle up with the senses of your physical body or your emotions, then you can't ever, listen, you can't ever yield yourself while you stay in that state, while you're in that state of co cohabiting or being in cahoots with the external. When your feminine principle is in cahoots with the external, you can't submit, you can't yield unto the Lord in that state. You have to get out of that state first, right? Neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please, and that word should be agree with God. So the, the, the flesh, that which you produce out of the feminine cohabiting with the external senses of the body or anything of the body, produces the flesh. So when we see again the words the flesh, we're talking about just as when you see the spirit with the lowercase s, you're talking about something that you manufacture or you manifest either in Christ, either from the internal or from the external. Now, let me give you a, a real live example in David. When David saw Bathsheba bathing on the rooftop in the nude, before the flesh could manifest and create or express the flesh, he had to see her with the two eyes on his head. The two eyes had to take it to his heart awareness or to his soul, as some call it. And his heart awareness thought, drop dead gorgeous. Then his emotions connected to his body start to rise up. Then his two eyes, still part of his body, along with his unrenewed heart, thinking drop dead gorgeous, get together with his emotions, all a part of the soul or the feminine part. But then one more part of his awareness has got to get involved. The two eyes, which are part of his body, the soul, which is part of the unrenewed emotions, have to go to Mr. Willie. In other words, Dave's will, Mr. Willie, Dave's, David's will must knock on his door and say, Mr. Willie, we have a proposition for you. Bathsheba is up there nude, bathing on the rooftop. She's drop-dead gorgeous, but we can't do anything, Mr. Willie, till you give us permission. And if Mr. Willie says, sure, go ahead, David, then you have the heart awareness or the soul and the senses that are connected yes. to the body, which will always manifest the flesh. Always. So now you can see why that Paul in Romans chapter 7 said, I know in my flesh, I know in my, the flesh, dwelleth no good thing. And the thing that was no good was when his awareness got in cahoots with his eyes, his emotions, and produced the flesh. The flesh is the outgrowth of the awareness. You call it the soul. You could call it the feminine. It's the outgrowth of the awareness plus the external senses that are connected to the body that you get into cahoots with. And it's very easy to do. It's very easy to do. If our, listen, 
if we are not continually yielding those senses, yielding what the two eyes in our heads see, yielding the emotions, yielding the intellect, reason, and logic, if we don't yield that to our Christ mind, we're always going to create, produce, express the flesh. The flesh. Now, one more in closing. Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, for another example of a manifestation being called by Paul the Apostle, the Spirit. The Spirit. And here, Spirit is capitalized and should not be capitalized. Look what it says there, Ephesians 4, verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, verse 3, listen to this, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now listen, this is something we do, folks. Therefore, Spirit, it's not capitalized, right, in the King James? And it shouldn't be capitalized. Why? Because it's something we endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. It's something that comes out of us. It is something that manifests. It's the unity or the manifestation of the Spirit rather than the flesh. So therefore... In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit, lowercase s, is what? It is us yielding the left to the right, and what will organically, spontaneously, automatically, naturally manifest will be, yes, effortless, will be what? The expression and manifestation of the spirit but if our heart awareness again is in cahoots with the senses with the two eyes like David and Bathsheba with the emotions with what we think is best what we can figure out in the natural if it's not yielded to the Christ mind it's going to produce and create the flesh again what is the definition according to Noah Webster of the spirit anything you manifest Anything you express, another word he used, anything you reflect, anything that comes out of the joining of the masculine and the feminine is the spirit. Now, it's not God making us do this stuff. It's us participating with our one spirit, capital S, participating, yes, but we're the ones that make the determination. We're the ones that participate. And remember, our heart awareness is a projector that will project out what's going on on the inside of you. If you're putting Christ's mind seeds into your feminine womb, your virgin consciousness, then what's going to come out is the reflection, the expression, the manifestation of the Spirit. If you're not putting the Christ's mind seeds into your womb, so you have to put something in there. See, a womb is made to always birth something forth. Women aren't happy till they can have children. I mean, not always, but I'm just saying for the most part. A woman that has a husband wants kids, right? Most of the time, they want kids. In general, they want kids. So therefore, if you're not putting the seeds of the Christ mind into your womb, you're putting something in there. Because that's the character That's the way God made the feminine principle, the soul part, the virgin consciousness, to always be birthing something. 
So either we're putting the internal in it or we're putting stuff from the external in it. And that determines whether it's the flesh or the spirit. Very important for us to understand. Again, just knowing these truths, this is my disclaimer, just knowing the difference between the spirit, the flesh, the spirit capitalized and the spirit lowercase s, just knowing these truths is not going to change a whole lot about your life. But if you've ever wondered why is spirit capitalized here and not capitalized over here, well, there you have your answer. It has to do lowercase s on the spirit is what you manifest and it's what you express now I hope that was simple enough to understand you know it it seems a little complex but it's really very simple to understand we're either manifesting the flesh or the spirit lowercase right so father we thank you tonight for your truth your word thank you for showing us the differentiation between these words that we can Just know these things. It's important for us to just know these things. And we thank you for the truth that you're revealing and have revealed unto us. Although these many years, we thank you for your love. Thank you for Holy Spirit that quickens and conceives these truths within our virgin consciousness. That we might move just from the objective reality into the subjective experience and walk. We bless you. We honor you. In the name of the Lord, amen. Amen. Amen.